0: Section 27 of A Collection of Supreme Court Opinions by the United States Supreme Court. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Florence Short. McDaniel versus Patty, 435, U.S. 618, Decided April 19, nineteen seventy eight please note this is a reading of the opinion of the court only this reading does not include the syllabus or any concurring or dissenting opinions for ease of listening this reading omits legal citations found within the text of the court's opinion mr chief justice berger announced the judgment of the court and delivered an opinion in which mr justice powell mr justice rehnquist and mr justice Stevens joined the question presented by this appeal is whether a tennessee statute barring ministers of the gospel or priests of any denomination whatever from serving as delegates to the state's limited constitutional convention deprived appellant mcdaniel an ordained minister of the right to free exercise of religion guaranteed by the first amendment and made applicable to the states by the fourteenth amendment the first amendment forbids all laws quote, prohibiting the free exercise end of, quote, of religion in its first constitution in seventeen ninety six tennessee disqualified ministers from serving as legislators that disqualifying provision has continued unchanged since its adoption it is now article nine section one of the state constitution the state legislature applied this provision to candidates for delegate to the state's nineteen seventy seven limited constitutional convention when it enacted chapter eight hundred forty eight section four of nineteen seventy six tennessee public acts any citizen of the state who can qualify for membership in the house of representatives of the general assembly may become a candidate for delegate to the convention mcdaniel an ordained minister of a baptist church in chattanooga tennessee filed as a candidate for delegate to the constitutional convention and opposing candidate Appellee selma cash patty sued in the chancery court for a declaratory judgment that mcdaniel was disqualified from serving as a delegate and for a judgment striking his name from the ballot Chancellor Franks of the Chancery Court held that Section 4 of Chapter 848 violated the First and Fourteenth Amendments to the Federal Constitution and declared McDaniel eligible for the Office of Delegate. Accordingly, McDaniel's name remained on the ballot and, in the ensuing election, he was elected by a vote almost equal to that of the three opposing candidates after the election the tennessee supreme court reversed the chancery court holding that the disqualification of clergy imposed no burden upon quote, religious belief end of quote, and restricted quote, religious action only in the law-making process of government where religious action is absolutely prohibited by the establishment clause end of quote five hundred forty seven s w second eight hundred ninety seven nine hundred three nineteen seventy seven the state interests in preventing the establishment of religion and in avoiding the divisiveness and tendency to channel political activity along religious lines resulting from clergy participation in political affairs were deemed by that court sufficiently weighty to justify the disqualification notwithstanding the guarantee of the free exercise clause we noted probable jurisdiction four hundred thirty two u s nine hundred five nineteen seventy seven the disqualification of ministers from legislative office was a practice carried from england by the seven of the original states later six new states similarly excluded clergymen from some political offices a stokes church and state in the united states six hundred twenty two nineteen fifty hereafter stokes in england the practice of excluding clergy from the house of commons was justified on a variety of grounds to prevent dual office holding that is membership by a minister in both parliament and convocation to ensure that the priest or deacon devoted himself to his sacred calling rather than to such mundane activities as were appropriate to a member of the house of commons and to prevent ministers who after fifteen thirty three were subject to the crown's powers over the benefices of the clergy from using membership in the commons to diminish its independence by increasing the influence of the king and the nobility the purpose of the several states in providing for disqualification was primarily to assure the success of a new political experiment the separation of church and state stokes six hundred twenty two prior to seventeen seventy six most of the thirteen colonies had some form of an established or government-sponsored church. Even after ratification of the First Amendment, which prohibited the federal government from following such a course, some states continued pro-establishment provisions. Massachusetts, the last state to accept disestablishment, did so in 1833. In light of this history and a widespread awareness during that period of undue and often dominant clerical influence in public and political affairs here in England and on the continent, it is not surprising that strong views were held by some that one way to assure disestablishment was to keep clergymen out of public office. Indeed, some of the foremost political philosophers and statesmen of that period held such views regarding the clergy. Earlier, John Locke argued for confining the authority of the English clergy quote, within the bounds of the church, nor can it in any manner be extended to civil affairs, because the church itself is a thing absolutely separate and distinct from the commonwealth. End of quote thomas jefferson initially advocated such a position in his seventeen eighty three draft of a constitution for virginia james madison however disagreed and vigorously urged the position which in our view accurately reflects the spirit and purpose of the religion clauses of the first amendment madison's response to jefferson's position was does not the exclusion of ministers of the gospel as such violate a fundamental principle of liberty by punishing a religious profession with the privation of a civil right does it not violate another article of the plan itself which exempts religion from the cognizance of civil power does it not violate justice by at once taking away a right and prohibiting a compensation for it does it not in fine violate impartiality by shutting the door against the ministers of one religion and leaving it open for those of every other End of quote. madison was not the only articulate opponent of the clergy disqualification when proposals were made earlier to prevent clergymen from holding public office john witherspoon a presbyterian minister president of princeton university and the only clergyman to sign the declaration of independence made a cogent protest and, with tongue-in-cheek offered an amendment to a provision much like that challenged here Quote, no clergyman of any denomination shall be capable of being elected a member of the senate or house of representatives because here insert the grounds of offensive disqualification which i have not been able to discover provided always and it is the true intent and meaning of this part of the constitution that if at any time he shall be completely deprived of the clerical character by those by whom he was invested with it as by deposition for cursing and swearing drunkenness or uncleanliness he shall then be fully restored to all the privileges of a free citizen his offence of being a clergyman shall no more be remembered against him but he may be chosen either to the Senate or House of Representatives, and shall be treated with all the respect due to his brethren, the other members of the Assembly. End of quote. Stokes, six hundred twenty four through six hundred twenty five. As the value of the disestablishment experiment was perceived, eleven of the thirteen states disqualifying the clergy from some types of public office gradually abandoned that limitation new york for example took that step in eighteen forty six after delegates to the state's constitutional convention argued that the exclusion of clergymen from the legislature was an odious distinction only maryland and tennessee continued their clergy disqualification provisions into this century and in nineteen seventy four a district court held maryland's provision Violative of the First and Fourteenth Amendment's Guarantees of the Free Exercise of Religion, Kirkley v. Maryland, 381, F. Supplement, 327. Today, Tennessee remains the only state excluding ministers from certain public offices. The essence of this aspect of our national history is that in all but a few states the selection or rejection of clergymen for public office soon came to be viewed as something safely left to the good sense and desires of the people this brief review of the history of clergy disqualification provisions also amply demonstrates however that at least during the early segment of our national life those provisions enjoyed the support of responsible american statesmen and were accepted as having a rational basis against this background we do not lightly invalidate a statute enacted pursuant to a provision of a state constitution which has been sustained by its highest court the challenged provision came to the tennessee supreme court clothed with the presumption of validity to which that court was bound to give deference however the right to the free exercise of religion unquestionably encompasses the right to preach Proselytize and perform other similar religious functions, or, in other words, to be a minister of the type McDaniel was found to be. Murdoch v. Pennsylvania, three hundred nineteen U.S. one hundred five, nineteen forty three. Cantwell v. Connecticut, three hundred ten U.S. two hundred ninety six, nineteen forty. Tennessee also acknowledges the right of its adult citizens generally to seek and hold office as legislators or delegates to the State Constitutional Convention. Yet, under the clergy disqualification provision, McDaniel cannot exercise both rights simultaneously because the State has conditioned the exercise of one on the surrender of the other. Or, in James Madison's words, the State is, quote, punishing a religious profession with the privation of a civil right in doing so tennessee has encroached upon mcdaniel's right to the free exercise of religion to condition the availability of benefits including access to the ballot upon this appellant's willingness to violate a cardinal principle of his religious faith by surrendering his religiously impelled ministry effectively penalizes the free exercise of his constitutional liberties sherbert v Werner, three hundred seventy four u s three hundred ninety eight four hundred six nineteen sixty three if the tennessee disqualification provision were viewed as depriving the clergy of a civil right solely because of their religious beliefs our inquiry would be at an end the free exercise clause categorically prohibits government from regulating prohibiting or rewarding religious beliefs as such in torcaso v watkins three hundred sixty seven u s four hundred eighty eight nineteen sixty one the court reviewed the maryland constitutional requirement that all holders of any office of profit or trust in this state declare their belief in the existence of god in striking down the maryland requirement the court did not evaluate the interests assertedly justifying it but rather held that it violated freedom of religious belief in our view however torcaso does not govern by its terms the tennessee disqualification operates against mcdaniel because of his status as a minister or priest the meaning of those words is of course a question of state law and although the question has not been examined extensively in state law sources such authority as is available indicates that ministerial status is defined in terms of conduct and activity rather than in terms of belief because the tennessee disqualification is directed primarily at status acts and conduct it is unlike the requirement in torcaso which focused on belief hence the free exercise clauses absolute prohibition of infringements on the Quote, freedom to believe, end of quote, is inapposite here. This does not mean, of course, that the disqualification escapes judicial scrutiny or that McDaniel's activity does not enjoy significant First Amendment protection. The court recently declared in Wisconsin v. Yoder, 406 U.S. 205-215, 1972, quote, the essence of all that has been said and written on the subject is that only those interests of the highest order and those not otherwise served can overbalance legitimate claims to the free exercise of religion tennessee asserts that its interest in preventing the establishment of a state religion is consistent with the establishment clause and thus of the highest order the constitutional history of the several states reveals that generally the interest in preventing establishment prompted the adoption of clergy disqualification provisions see stokes six hundred twenty two tennessee does not appear to be an exception to this pattern there is no occasion to inquire whether promoting such an interest is a permissible legislative goal however for tennessee has failed to demonstrate that its views of the dangers of clergy participation in the political process have not lost whatever validity they may once have enjoyed the essence of the rationale underlying the tennessee restriction on ministers is that if elected to public office they will necessarily exercise their powers and influence to promote the interests of one sect or thwart the interests of another thus pitting one against the others contrary to the anti-establishment principle with its command of neutrality see waltz v tax commission three hundred ninety seven u s six hundred sixty four nineteen seventy however widely that view may have been held in the eighteenth century by many including enlightened statesmen of that day the american experience provides no persuasive support for the fear that clergymen in public office will be less careful of anti-establishment interests or less faithful to their oaths of civil office than their unordained counterparts we hold that section four of chapter eight hundred forty eight violates mcdaniel's first amendment right to the free exercise of his religion made applicable to the states by the fourteenth amendment accordingly the judgment of the tennessee supreme court is reversed and the case is remanded to that court for further proceedings not inconsistent with this opinion reversed and remanded Mr. Justice Blackman took no part in the consideration or decision of this case. End of section 27